Welcome back to the Yellow Box Podcast. This week we are joined by community lead pastor Dave Ferguson as we wrap up our series, Awesome. Remember, you can always find us at the Yellow Box on Sunday mornings at 9.30 a.m., 11.15 a.m., and 5 p.m. Hope to see you there. All right, good morning. How's everybody doing? Good, good. A lot of energy. So here's what I want to start. I want to start with this question. Here's the question. If you could be friends with anybody, anybody in the world, all right, friends with anybody in the world, you get to pick, who would you want to be your friend? You can pick one other person, just anybody, anybody in the whole world, you can pick. Turn to somebody near you, and I won't give each of you a chance. If you need to turn around and get someone else involved, so make sure nobody gets left out, okay, as best you can. Who would you pick as a friend? Does that make sense? Go ahead and do that right now. Here we go. Anybody in the whole world who you'd like to have as your friend? All right, I'll tell you what, usually I do all the talking, but I'll tell you, we're going we're gonna to mix it up a little bit this morning. So uh, here's the question. Um, what, what was your reaction? Give me, give me some of the responses. Somebody out here, up here. Who, who would, if you could pick anybody in the whole world to be your friend, who would you pick? Jesus. Okay, somebody quick, make sure that person gets a gold star. That's good. That's good. That's good. Okay, we're going we're gonna to put, you're jumping ahead. Um, anybody else? Mother Teresa. Mother Teresa, I, I think she's dead, but that's a nice sentiment. Um, sorry, that was mean. Who? God, okay. It's Jimmy Fallon, Derek Rose. Is this the Derek Rose that before the injury or now? Before. Okay, just checking. Because there's kind of like two of them. What about this section? If you pick a friend, anybody. Who? Blake Shelton? Blake Shelton, for all of you who love both country and western music. There you go. Who? Oh, Bob Goff, the author of Love Does. I should, I, I know Kara would pick that. All right, who are we here? Who, who, who are we here? Dave Ferguson. Dave Ferguson. Thank you very much. <laughs> Another gold star. All right. One more. We'll, yeah, one over here. We don't want to leave you guys out. Who'd you pick? Best friend. Pick anybody. Steph Curry. Steph Curry. Right. They, they came back last night. They come back. It's three three now. So we'll see what happens. Okay. You know, I was kind of thinking if I could pick anybody, and I like that one. If I could pick anybody for kind of have like as a new friend, I'd probably pick somebody. My first reaction was like, well, what do I want? What do I need? And if I if I needed a little extra cash, maybe I'm going to go ahead. Hey, how about Bill and Melinda Gates? Right? They're supposed to be generous, and they certainly got enough of it. That'd be a good friend to have. Or if I needed some clout, a little extra power, need some influence. Well, maybe I'd pick President Obama. Right? Most influential leader in the world, maybe I'd pick him. Um, if I wanted to increase my kind of cool factor, I'd just pick, you know, Jordan Berry, right? Our, our Stuco director, right? We all think Jordan's cool, don't we? Moderately cool. Okay, there we go. Wow, I thought I'd get more on that one. Um, here's what I want to do. I want to introduce you to a friend of mine. I want to introduce you to a friend of mine, and uh, this is his picture from, uh, from back in, oh, I think he's about five or six years old. There we go. Ton Brenneman. Ton Brenneman. We, we, were, we were best friends when we were kids. All right? He was my best friend when we were kids. We, we were actually born in, in the same hospital, Audrain County Hospital in, in Audrain County, Missouri, as they say in those parts, Missouri. Um, we uh, 
grew up in the same towns. We actually both lived in Farber, Missouri, and then we moved to Park Forest, Illinois. Our families moved together. Uh, we grew up in the same church. Uh, we, probably, we probably spent more time together, the two of us, with each other than any other people in our lives up through about junior high. And um, I can still remember, somewhere like in third or fourth grade, doing a, going over to, to Ton's house, spending the night, and it was late in the night, and we were absolutely convinced that if we put our heads like right next to each other, and we concentrated really, really hard, did you do this? That we could really read each other's minds. We were that good of friends, okay? And um, we... <laughs> It was kind of funny because Ton, I don't know if you see this or not, but when I see Ton, I mean, I see this redhead kid with freckles and kind of a mischievous grin. And so adults almost always thought he was up to something. This kid is up to something. And I don't know what it was, but for some reason, I had like the opposite effect on people. They just, they assumed, oh, I'm sure he's up to something really good. And so we would, we'd go to camp together in the summer. We'd go to camp together in the summer, and we would do all the same stuff. And by doing all the same stuff, it meant we would break all the same rules. We would ambush the same cabins together. We would sneak out together. And inevitably, Ton would end up in the dean's office, you know, getting a lecture, and I would be elected camper of the week. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not even making it up. Um, so we were, some differences, but also some things that were the same, but we were best friends. And... We were such good friends that we decided that we were going to become blood brothers. Oh, gosh. Does anybody remember this? Blood brothers. Yes? I'm grossing you out already, huh? We were going to become blood brothers. And actually, it was, <laughs> it was a church service, probably like this. We were sitting you know, somewhere out here, probably towards the back. We weren't paying nearly as much attention as we should have been. And we decided, no, you know what, we're such good friends. I don't know, we're like fourth grade, fifth grade. We're going to be blood brothers. And so in a moment of, of, of great masculine courage, the two of us began to pick at the back of our hand. And we picked until we bled. And then we took our hands and we rubbed them together like this. And we became blood brothers. Because everybody knows there's nothing, there's no closer friends, right? No closer friends than two people who are blood brothers. And that's what we were. We were, we were blood brothers. Um, I'll tell you, I want you to hang on to that thought that, kind of, that, uh, that, that my friend Ton. Because today we're in the last week of our series, Awesome. And it's been all about how to have awesome relationships. And I want you to get this, okay? This is why this is so important. Because to live a fully human life, to live a fully human life, <clears throat> it is a relational life. In fact, when Jesus was asked, what's most important in life? He comes back and responds very clearly with two relational commands. Two relational commands that actually are kind of, kind of one. And basically when you look at this, he says, here's what you got to do. You love God, get that right, and you love people. You love God and you love people. Bottom line. I already introduced you to my friend Ton. And um, I'll tell you what, I want to introduce you to another friend. But before I introduce you to another friend, here's what I want to do. I want to back way up, and I want to give you kind of the, in, in just like 25 minutes here, the history of all relationships. The history of all relationships. Now, we have to go all the way back to the very first couple chapters in Genesis. The first couple chapters of Genesis, what we have there is, is we have a, a very relational world. We don't have a world full of a lot of rituals or a lot of rules or even religion, but we have a very relational world. And, when, and in that perfect relational world, God made it so that people lived in perfect relationship with one another. 
But they also had a perfect relationship with each other. In fact, it was said of Adam and Eve, they had a friendship with God. They had a friendship with God. They had this, this, this God delighted in them, and they delighted in God. Everything was exactly what it was meant to be. That was the ideal, way back there in the first couple of chapters of Genesis. But then something happened. The Bible calls it sin. Now, when I say sin, typically you kind of think of some kind of a, a moral or ethical wrongdoing, right? Sin, moral, ethical wrongdoing. And, and that's partly right. But what I'd rather you think of is think of instead sin is also something that puts relational distance. And so when they sinned, it actually, what they actually did is they put their own desires ahead of God's. And what happened is it began to put distance between them and God. And actually, surprisingly, it also began to put, and this surprise, it's beginning to put distance between them and each other. And in fact, so much so, it is said it broke their friendship with God. And it began to sever this ideal relationship that they had with one another. And in fact, this ideal, perfect relational world that God created, as we move into Exodus and beyond, the prophets and all throughout the Old Testament, it is dramatically changed. Dramatically changed. In fact, so much so that as you keep reading through the Bible, where Adam and Eve were friends with God, you you hear very few people were, were friends with God. In fact, only a handful. You have Abraham, who it says in Genesis was a friend of God. You have Moses, who it says God would speak to as a friend. And then you have David, who I think you'd probably throw him in there too. David, it says, was a man after God's own heart. But other than that, after Genesis, you got, I mean, hundreds, really even thousands of years all throughout the Old Testament where, where nobody was considered a friend of God. They could believe in God, but the chances of them being friends with God, I mean, you know, it's about as likely as being friends with Derek Rose, right? Sounds nice, but I don't know if it's going to happen. So throughout the Old Testament, most people did not have this kind of what we talk about as a friendship with God. In fact, so much so, I don't know if you know this or not, but God was actually understood to live within the Holy of Holies within the holy place, within the temple in Jerusalem. Does that make sense? The holy of holies was this place that was actually partitioned off by a giant curtain, a curtain that went from the floor all the way to the ceiling. And only one time a year, if that's where the presence of God was, one person, the high priest, once a year would come out of the, out of, into, the, into the temple, into the outer courts, into the holy place, and then into the holy of holies where God was to be. And so God was actually separated off from all of the ordinary people. And only once a year would someone be able to to actually would be able to enter in. And so there you have much of the history, at least the first half of the history of relationships. Separated from God. No friendship with God. Distant from God. Partitioned off. And then came the moment. Then came the pivotal moment in the history of all relationships. Something that would change relationships for all of eternity. When God showed up on planet Earth, he lived as a man named Jesus. And he said, I want to come and show you the way back to God. At the end of that life, the pivotal moment was this. When he stretched out his arms 
And he shed his blood for brothers and sisters. And that exact moment, at that exact moment that he died, something absolutely amazing happened. Back in that temple, remember the temple I talked about? Where the presence of God lived and was partitioned off by a curtain? At that exact moment that he died, that curtain that separated us from God, all of a sudden that curtain was ripped. The exact same moment that he died, it says that in the temple, in the Holy of Holies, that curtain was torn, was shredded. And what happened then is all of a sudden, instead of man being separated from God, all of a sudden God became available. God became relational. God became accessible to all people. And here's what I want you to get this, okay? The symbol of the curtain that said God was separate from man. Are you with me on that? The symbol of the curtain was now replaced by the symbol, help me out, of the what? Of the cross. The cross with, 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 a, with, a, with a vertical dimension between man and God and a horizontal dimension between man and man. In fact, if we look, if we look at this verse in, in, in Matthew 27, look at this. It says this, and when Jesus had cried out aloud, cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. That's the moment. Here's the moment. Here's the moment. Don't miss this. Maybe you never noticed before. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn from the top to the bottom. And there's something important here. Maybe, isn't that interesting? You notice it's torn from the top to the bottom. Now, why is that interesting? Here's why. Because if a person did it, if a person would have snuck into the, into the temple, into the holy place, okay, into the holy of holies, if they would have dared done it, they would have had to, because it was so tall, so large, they would have had to have ripped it, they would have had to have shredded it, they would have had to have torn it from the bottom to the top. But somehow, supernaturally, by God's own design, he said, in that very moment, things have changed relationally from now on. It was torn by God himself from the top to the bottom. Paul actually understood this. The greatest theologian in all of Christianity, he's, he writes this. He says, since our, what's the word right here? Say it out loud, real loud. Since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son. In that moment. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us, what's the word right there? Friends with God. Jesus makes us friends with God. Let me ask you again. I just want to get real clear. Jesus makes us what? Friends with God. In fact, Jesus was speaking on God's behalf, and he actually says this in John 15, 15. I no longer call you your servants, but instead I call you my friends. Do you realize how radical this is? Let this sink in, okay? Don't just come to church, <clears throat> check in, and then check out. Let this sink in how radical this is. The God of the universe is saying, I want you for my friend. The all-powerful, the all-generous, the all-wise, the all-knowing, God himself is saying, hey, I want you to be my friend. A few months back, um, I was checking my Twitter account. I, I'm always on different social media. I kind of get a kick out of it. And, and, and Jose Abreu, you know who Jose Abreu is? White Sox first baseman, all-star, right? Don't talk to me about last night's game. I'm, I'm still about to throw up, okay? That was so bad. Um, but Jose Abreu started following me on Twitter. You guys aren't very impressed. I was like, wow. Now, I'm pretty sure it was an accident because I think all of Jose Abreu's tweets are actually in Spanish. 
And I think he only speaks Spanish. And all my tweets are in English. And I only speak English. So I, I think it was an accident. But it still, it's kind of cool. I don't know how it actually happened, right? It's kind of like being a friend on Facebook. I'm like, wow, Jose Abreu is following me on Twitter. How awesome is that, right? But even more awesome than that, right, is God himself coming to you and saying, listen, you know what? I want you to be my friend. Guess what? Jessica, God is coming to you and saying, I want you. I'm sorry, I just scared her to death. I want you... I want you to be my friend. Same thing. Kelly, he said to you, I want you to be my friend. Danny, guess what? God's coming and he said, I want you to be my friend. That ought to kind of rock your world a little bit. I mean, think about all the people we just named a while ago. Imagine they came to you and said, hey, would you be my friend? Your response would be what? Oh my gosh, yes, that's so awesome. I would love to be your friend. What can we do? How can we hang out? Please, 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 right? But think about this. God himself is saying, I want to be friends with you. And so the question becomes, how do you respond? And I got a hunch that for some of us in this room, there's some of us, we believe in God, right? But have you ever really said yes to being friends with God? Because there's, there's ways to respond, very specific ways. One of the ways is a personal response. And a personal response really happens routinely every week around here through communion. One of, the, one, of the, one of the things, one of the ways that friends behave is friends often get together and hang out and they, they share a meal. Am I right? Last Friday, I got, I, got a, I, got a, I got a text from a friend of mine, Greg. He said, hey, you guys do anything tonight? We'd love to hang out. I shot him a text right back. Absolutely. And we went out, went out for dinner uh, last Friday. I had a great time. What if every Friday, Greg sent me a text and I was like, and I didn't respond. One Friday, next Friday, I don't respond, I don't respond. Or I just go like, nah, I don't think so. Nah, I don't think so. Nah, not really that interested. Nah, I got somebody else I'm hanging out with. I mean, pretty soon Greg's going to go like, I don't think he wants to be my friend, right? A little later in the service, okay, by God's own design, he said, you know what, we're going to come together once a week, we're going to share a meal. And it's just a chance for you personally to say yes to my offer of being friends. You know what? There's also a public response to being a friend of God. There's a public response. It's called baptism. How would you feel if you had a friend who, um, I mean, yeah, they would, they would shoot you emails. They'd talk to you on the phone. They would text you back and forth. All kinds of things like that. But they never, ever wanted to be seen with you in public. <laughs> Didn't want to be seen with you in public. They'd be like, nah, I, don't, I can't do that. But, the, but I mean, they'll just chat it up on the phone. It'd get kind of weird, wouldn't it? Because pretty soon you'd go like, what's up with that? How? Maybe they're not really... My friend. And one of the things that Jesus asked us to do is if you're going to be a friend of God, he said, I want you to make a public declaration of this. I want you to be all in. I'm all in. I want you to be all in. And part, one of the ways that we do that, we make a public declaration that we're friends of God, is by being baptized. If you've never made that decision for yourself, to be baptized for yourself, and you want to say yes to a friendship with God, you need to be baptized. In fact, I'll tell you what. Do this for me, would you? Go ahead and grab your program, would you? Just grab your program. Open it up on the inside here, on the inside. It just says baptism celebration. We're going to have a baptism celebration. There's like four or five questions there. And um, if you just fill that out and stick that in the offering bag when it's passed, you can go ahead and do that right now. We would love to have you have the opportunity to be able to say yes, okay, to a friendship with Jesus, with God and Jesus.
The other thing you could do too, I think, I think, I think uh, John rather mentioned this a little while ago. If you want, just go ahead and take out your phone, and if you want, you can just uh, you know text that yes to baptism uh, at three one three one three one. We're gonna have a whole bunch of people that are gonna get baptized next week, and um, uh, that text will actually get you a form, and the form just asks you kind of like uh, what's which service, what's your name, your email, and your your t-shirt size, that kind of stuff, because we'd love for you to have a part of that. And I'll tell you what, here, the, the word for friend here, this word for friend that we have right here, okay, this word for friend here, it's not just a casual acquaintance. It's not just like a Facebook friend. This is, this is, not, this is not like Jose Abreu following you on Twitter, okay? You know what this is right here? It actually means a deep, close, personal, intimate kind of comrade. This, this, this word here in the original Koine Greek, when he, when he used this word, it's the kind of word that was used for a best man at a wedding. You're a part of my inner circle. It'd be like a king who, who, who talk about his close inner circle, where a king might have lots of acquaintances and even thousands or maybe millions of subjects. He said, no, I want you in the inner circle. God himself is saying, I want to be friends. So let me very quickly, I want to introduce you to, uh, I introduce you to my friend, Ton, but let me listen, introduce you to my lifetime friend, God as I know him in Jesus. <laughs> God is a forgiving friend. In Romans chapter 5, 9 and 10, here's what it says. You see, at just the right time, we were were still powerless, and Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But what God does is he demonstrates his love for us in this. While we're still sinners, Christ died for us. He forgives us. Most friendships um, have a point in time where one of you says something wrong, one of you does something wrong, and in order for that friendship to go on, there has to be forgiveness. And there's times when I've said things wrong, I've done things wrong, and I've had some people who went, you know what, that was it, no, they're done with me. They're just done. They're not, they're not, they can't get past it, they're not going to forgive, no, forget it, I'm, I'm done with you. But I want you to know something. God, as we know him in the person of Jesus, is a friend who will forgive over and over and over again. I don't, I don't know what's your story. I don't know what kind of stuff you brought here with you, what kind of stuff haunts you in the past. But he actually, in the moment you do something wrong, in the moment you say something wrong, he greets you and says, now, let's pursue forgiveness. He's a forgiving friend. You know what else he is? He's also a loyal friend. He's a loyal friend. If we keep moving through Romans chapter 5, it says this. And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly, important word, certainly save us from God's condemnation. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son, friendship, death, right there again, we, while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. Not only does he forgive us from the past, but we can certainly trust him to go through this life with us and to be loyal to us. How, how many of you um, recognize this theme song? Anybody who doesn't recognize that, right? Okay, a lot of us watched this in the 90s and 2000s, right? 
Okay, but this is not just a, a, a dated 20-year-old reference. Did you know that last week, I just read this, last week there are still 16 million people every week who watch Friends? 16 million every week. That's not, that's not even including what's on Netflix. And I think there's something about the theme of this song that we all want friends who are going to be with us through thick and thin. We all want some people who are going to, who are going to be there through the good and the bad. Friends that will be there for you. Okay? Don't make me sing the song. <laughs> And guess what? That's who God is as we know him in Jesus. He's a loyal friend. But he's also a forgiving friend. In Romans chapter 5, verses 18 to 21, let's go to the next slide. It says this. Go to the next one. It says, Christ's one act of righteousness brings a right relationship with God and new life for everyone. And what it does, giving us a right standing with God and resulting in eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Eternal life. He's a forgiving friend. He's a loyal friend. He's also an eternal friend. Um, two weeks ago, my dad went in for surgery uh, because they found some cancer. And uh, they, they went in to remove it. And uh, the initial surgery uh, went well, and they got the cancer. But the doctors were also a little concerned. They said, um, We're gonna have to do, we want to do some tests to, to see if it has spread to other parts of the body. And so that was on Friday when he had the surgery, and they said it'll probably be another six or seven days before we get the tests back, and so it probably wouldn't be until the following Thursday or Friday. And um, so the following Thursday came, and we still didn't hear from the doctors. And then Friday came and went, didn't hear from the doctors. Saturday, Sunday came. Monday, I'm telling my mom, I said, Mom, you, just, you need to call the doctors. You got to call the doctors and say, hey, we got, we got to hear something. What's going on? And while it was aggravating, kind of frustrating to be waiting, it also gave me some time to think, to think about what it would be like uh, to lose my dad. And we, we lost uh, both of Sue's parents over the last few years. And inside me, there was a mix of emotions. There was a, a part of me that was kind of scared, a part of me that was sad. But there's also something that welled up inside me, and I don't know how to say it, except I was a little surprised, because truthfully, I, I haven't had that much loss in my life. I mean, I, I still have a grandmother who's, who's in her 90s that's alive. But what welled up inside of me was kind of this confidence and this peace in the middle of the sadness and the fear that said, you know what, it's going to be okay, because my dad is a friend of God. Well, finally on Tuesday, the report came back and uh, there was no cancer. So that's good news. So he looks like he's going to be around for a while. But you know what? Here's the truth. The truth is that someday there will be bad news. For him, for me, for you, for all of us. And in the middle of the sadness, in the middle of fear, having God as an eternal friend knowing that you have a place in heaven. There is, it just gives you this kind of this confidence and this peace. And what I want to do this morning, I want to introduce you to, to my friend, God, as I know him in Jesus, who's a forgiving friend, a loyal friend, and also an eternal friend. I'm telling you, hear me on this. You were created for relationships. 
the history of relationships, in the very beginning, you were created to have awesome relationships with God, but also with one another. And my experience has been that my relationship with God, okay, my friendship with God, it has helped me this way, forgiveness, loyalty, right, eternity. But you know what? It's also helped me this way. And here's, here's what I'm talking about, because I know some of you, some of you, and we'll just go there briefly. This morning, I mean, I know you're, you are struggling with truly broken relationships. Some of you are here this morning, and you have friendships that are falling apart. Some of you in this room, you are fighting right now, this, this very day for your marriage. You're trying to hold your family together. Some of you have gone long, long periods of time, months, even years, without speaking to people or hearing from people that you should love and they should love you. And here's what happens. When you find your way back to God and you, and you understand God is now your friend in Jesus, here's what happens. Again, in Romans 5, Paul explains this again. He says, and this hope does not put us to shame, but here's what happens. Because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. When you become a friend with God, he not only forgives you and promises to be with you both here through this life and all of eternity, but what he does, check this out. I love what it says. He actually, God actually pours his love inside of you. And when God pours his love inside of you, all of a sudden he just keeps pouring this love inside of you. And you have suddenly this never-ending reservoir of love. And all of a sudden you have this never-ending reservoir of love, so you have enough love inside that you can forgive other people in ways you never ever could have. You never could have forgiven them before. All of a sudden you have this never-ending reservoir of love that keeps pouring inside you, and you're able to be loyal to people. It gives you the courage to be loyal in ways to stick by people that you never could on your own. And with God constantly kind of pouring his love into your heart, you always have enough love. And so you find a way that, man, it's like supernaturally. It is supernatural because God's pouring in you that you never give up on these friends. You don't give up on family. You don't give up on your spouse, your kids. Even when everything says it's over. And people go like, how do you do it? It's because God's pouring his love into you. And he gives you the ability to love others that way. I'm telling you, my friendship with God and Jesus it has not only changed me. I mean, by experiencing his forgiveness, his loyalty, and knowing my eternal life is secure. But it's also, it's also changed my relationships. Don't you want that? Don't you want to be friends with God? Let's pray. Father God, right now, I believe that some of us are in this very place because you are pursuing us yet again. For some of us, it's become <clears throat> just a tenet of faith, something we acknowledge is true, something we give assent to as far as belief, and far less than a relationship. And so you're coming here today, and you're saying, what I want with you is a friendship. Lord, help us to hear you saying those words, will you be my friend, and understand who is speaking. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.